0: today on the Harrison Barnes Podcast.
1: Is this just people playing games with me or is there, have I really done something wrong? Because if people are playing games with you, then you shouldn't let that psych
0: you out. Everyone wants to see you fail. Hi, Harrison, thanks for making time for me. Sure, yeah, nice to talk to you. I'm looking forward to talking about this conversation or engaging in you with this conversation because it is such an important topic for any um, career, but perhaps most importantly for a legal career, and that is how to basically keep your spirits up, how to not allow your spirit to be killed by those that want you to fail. It's kind of a bleak outlook, and maybe we should start just with that outlook. Why do you think it is the case that so often in your career, you're going to encounter many people that are going to want to to see you fail to try and destroy your career? Is it as, is it as bad as all that?
1: You know, I really think it is. I mean, I think, uh, you know, it, it depends on the the environment that you're in, of course. But I mean, you know, for the most part, I mean, there's a lot of truth to that. And, uh, you know, in, in a law firm especially, I think one of the main reasons for that is that there's a limited number of uh, spots for uh, you know, for people to be partner. Uh, and even among partners, there's a limited amount of money to go around. And so, uh, people are kind of constantly trying to undermine each other. And it's, it's, it's a pretty doggy dog world out there.
0: Yeah. And you got to kind of build up the skills and I guess kind of internal confidence to be able to, to withstand that. Uh, and maybe we should frame this as you do in a recent article you wrote on this topic, by describing this as a game, that you should view this career that you're engaging in as a game. Why do you think it's useful to use that as, as a rubric to be able to try and guide your actions going forward? Well,
1: and one of the ways I thought about, uh, you know, thought of this article was I'd i read a, a famous a, a book that's fairly famous in the study of critical theory, and it's called uh, "Finite and Infinite Games." And essentially, what it talks about is there's different types of games. There's games where uh, there's a conclusion, which means, you know, which would be like checkers. You know, there's a winner and a loser. And then there's games which kind of, uh, you know, continue indefinitely. And a game that continues indefinitely is a game like, you know, could be your career. I mean, a legal career, you know, it's, it's not, it didn't used to be uh, uncommon uh, for attorneys to practice until, you know, they, they basically, you know, uh, died. I mean, it's just uh, you, know, you could practice in your 80s and, you know, you still can't. And and so the law and practice, the practice of law really could be what's called an an infinite game. And so, you know, there's always all sorts of rules and stuff. But I think a lot of people look at it as a short term game. And if you look at it as a short term game where, you know, if you don't make partner or if you lose a job or if, if you get psyched out then, you know, that's really the wrong way to look at it. I mean, you need to look at it as a long-term game. And just because you lose one hand doesn't mean you've lost the whole game. It just means that you've learned some lessons. You can get stronger and stronger.
0: You know, that rings true for myself, especially as a younger man entering into my career and thinking, well, you know, I've I've made it through school. I've uh, done a certain amount of work. I've I've achieved uh, a a great position at a certain place. I must be done now, right? Uh, And there's a kind of... um, I guess a bit of a hangover f- from that after you realize that no, actually, this is uh, just the very beginning, uh, that all your dreams haven't come true, even though you think uh, they may have just because you've achieved this one position. I think that's kind of what you're driving at, right? That, um, especially for people in their 20s, that it's very easily to become burned out, but maybe that burnout is being caused by the fact that you haven't properly um, understood what game you're playing that, um, uh, that just because you've made it to a certain level, made a certain level of income that uh, you're not going to be ultimately fulfilled and, and achieve all your dreams. And it, it continues after that. Maybe that's why people get so burned out.
1: Yeah, I think so. And I think that, you know, one way to look at it is, you know, you can certainly start at different points, you know, in the game, you can come out of school, you uh, You know, in a you know in a in a a bad area of the country, and a you know uh, in a law school that no one's heard of, and uh, you know, and maybe not get a great job, but you know, twenty years or thirty years out, I mean, you could be on top of the world, and you know, have won you know huge cases or be working in a huge law firm. You just never know. So, uh, or you could start out, you know, at a very good firm, and and where your future looks bright, and where you've done very well in school, and you're very good at tests and so forth, but. Uh, For whatever reason, uh, you're able to get knocked out. And so most people, I think, psychologically aren't really prepared for the game. I mean, they're just, um, you know, and they, and they do get psyched out. And they think that, you know, certain negative things happen to them mean more than they do, or certain positive things happen to them, like going to a good school or getting a good job means more than it does. And it's just... You know, it just means that you're at a different place in the game at one moment in time.
0: I don't know if this ever happened to you and you were in your early career, but there was this overwhelming sense that, like, no one is explaining what the hell is going on here. Right? How does this – what am I supposed to be doing here? Why – and it takes a long time to kind of put that together yourself. I think most of us have to do it that way. I think what you're trying to do in this conversation or the article you wrote is try and give younger people that – um, that rule book as it were about w- what to expect going forward um, is, is that why you wanted to do this to try and give some kind of guidance for people that might be feel like they're kind of lost in the woods a little bit
1: yeah I think there's that and I think you know certainly there's a lot of articles and that I've written that that kind of try to talk about that but you know one of the things that just concerns me so much is when I just see you know people uh, you know give up you know and uh, and they think that you know because something's bad bad's happened to them or someone's done something to them or you know, they've made this mistake that they, they just give up and they don't realize that it's a it's a long term game that they're playing. And, uh, you know, and, and that that's kind of my concern is that, you know, that, you know, that you just need to keep playing and, and it's an endless game. It's not a it's not a, a short term game. It's an endless game. And, and you have to keep playing no matter what happens.
0: Um, can you describe kind of what you see happening to um, attorneys as they get kind of into the, uh, you know, the later early stages of their career? You know, they're in their, uh, they maybe got a, a five or 10 years in. Um, do they just sort of lose their zeal for the, um, the career that they've chosen? Is that and this sort of burnout that sets in? What, what have you seen in both your career as a lawyer and, and as, a, as a recruiter?
1: Well, I think the a, a lot of times what happens is, is people have, uh, you know, they, they have diminished expectations of what is possible for them. So, you know, if you start in a, if you're, if you're working in a, you know, a small market and, uh, you know, there's not, you're not around a lot of other successful attorneys and, uh, you know, you're kind of fighting for a minimum amount of work and no one's, no one's making a big income, then, you know, you kind of assume that that's, that's all there is for you. And, you know, I've seen people, you know, catch fire and just be like, I don't want to tolerate this anymore. And, and, you know, and, you know, study what they need to do and and get out of markets like that. I mean, I've seen people, you know, move from literally, like, uh, I'm thinking about this just because I was recently there, but, you know, move from a small Hawaiian island to back to the US and, and, you know, catch fire as an attorney or, you know, someone, uh, you know, move from a, a you know, kind of a small town and, uh, you know, where where nothing was going on and then moved to Washington, D.C. and become a very powerful attorney. Or, you know, so but the thing is, people believe that, you know, their circumstances dictate what's going to happen to them in the long run. So if an attorney, like you were saying, five or 10 years out doesn't become a partner in a large law firm, Uh, you know, or has, or, uh, you know, doesn't get enough business, you know, despite the fact that they're only, you know, in their thirties or mid thirties and they, they have, you know, 30 or 40 years left to practice, they give, they say, oh, well, I'm never going to, you know, make partner in a large law firm. My career is over as far as law firm attorneys go and I have to move in house or I have to, you know, did this or that. And it's just, the whole thing is just ridiculous. I mean, you know, there's no reason to give up because one, because some, you know, because you're not where you want to be. You know, you have to, you know, kind of count your blessings and realize, you know, that you maybe you've learned some really good skills up until that point and you can take those skills and, and do
0: a lot with them. Yeah. The ones that succeed are the ones that just never gave up. They're the ones that just decided they were going to stick around come hell or high water. I wanted to talk a little bit more about the things that um, kind of affect younger attorneys in their career that maybe psych them out then make them lose their fire and maybe ultimately push them out uh, of the industry. And I want you know. I often wonder too, like in my younger career, I, I wish someone had explained to me that, you know, especially even growing up, that the world wasn't just filled with, um, you know, easygoing, loving people. That there, there's, there really are killers out there, both metaphorical and literal, and you need to prepare yourself for that. And why I bring this up uh, is all the ways that um, people will try and and psych you out. Kind of try and screw with your head a little bit as you come up. Can you talk a little bit about that? Some of the ways that you've seen people um, get psyched out in the legal career. Some of the the tactics and other things that can happen in your life that um, will be used against you, and how you can maybe prepare for that.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, something will happen in your personal life, and you'll tell someone about it at, you know, work. You'll have a friend at work, and all of a sudden, uh, you know, everybody in the in the firm knows about it, and. Uh, You know, and someone speaks to you about it and makes you feel like you've made a huge mistake. Uh, You know, I saw something like that happen where, uh, you know, some guy got in a fight with his girlfriend and, uh, you know, she called the police and he told another attorney and, you know, and all of a sudden, you know, the firm was sitting him down and speaking to him about it. And, um, you know, and it wasn't, there was nothing, there was nothing to it. You know, it was just, you know, she was acting hysterical and he hadn't even touched her. And I mean, it was just an argument. You know so stuff like that can happen, and you know, and, and and that particular guy, you know, ended up leaving his firm and having all these problems and kind of a black. I mean, it's just crazy, you know, people uh, make mistakes. Uh, you know, I saw a partner I was talking to recently that, um, you know, had been at a Christmas party and he was a partner in a major law firm. I mean, he was making you know i mean a a pretty good income i mean he didn't have a lot of business but i mean he was making like 1.2 1.3 million dollars a year and he was in new york and uh you know and and you know i guess he'd had too many drinks at a christmas party but he didn't even really think he'd had too many drinks and uh but you know one person said something to him about it another person says something about it and all of a sudden you know you know management committee speaking to him about having too many drinks at a Christmas party. And, you know, and the guy practically, you know, was, was losing his mind over it. It's just, it's ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, he, you know, and, um, so people were trying to psych him out and, uh, you know, because he hadn't even done anything wrong. You know, he hadn't said anything
0: inappropriately, but this rumor, started, this rumor started swirling around and kind of cut the legs out from under.
1: Yeah. And he was just like, this is just crazy, you know, and, you know, and certainly I've seen people, I saw one guy get drunk, uh, you know and, and grab a client's breast and i mean and you know that's that's a not a good thing at all you know <laughs> especially when you're a young attorney you know so so that 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 is an extent that is something that you know you deserve to get fired over and stuff and this guy didn't get fired but he was you know completely paranoid about his career and his standing uh, i've seen people be late for meetings i saw one guy uh you know, that was late for a meeting, uh, lose his job and he was a young attorney. He was like a second year and he'd been pulling all these all nighters. And, um, you know, I've seen people, uh, you know, you know, if you health problems are kind of a big one, you know, like if people have, you know, cancer or they have a heart attack or something like that, a lot of times people will spread rumors like, you know, they're not healthy, they shouldn't have stress and, uh, You know, and that can be used against them, and it's not as bad as it used to be, I don't think. But it, but I've seen that uh, be used against people, and it's just it's not cool. Uh, I'm trying to think of what else. Vacations are a big one. Um, You know, people use vacations. uh, You know, working at home. uh, You know, keep they, they call that they they working at home is one. I've I've seen people actually. I was speaking to a partner in a firm about a guy that was a counsel at the firm, and they told me that you know he's just you know, he was out of the office too much. And even though he worked a lot, you know, could have been a really good partner. He was just out of the office too much. So, I mean, there's that, Um, not tracking down assignments. So I I put a long, you know, list of stuff uh, in the article, but there's just just so many things that people will do. And it's just, it doesn't, you know, all of these things, unless you've really done something extremely serious, you know, very serious, you have to kind of ask yourself, like, you know, is this just people playing games with me or is there, have I really done something wrong? Because if people are playing games with you, then you shouldn't, you shouldn't let that psych you out.
0: Yeah, and it's a kind of a careful balance there between things, uh, mistakes you might have made, like maybe drinking too much or making a bad pass at a coworker or uh, or something that's completely out of control, like like having a health problem and that being used against you. Whatever the case is, I think what you're trying to emphasize here is don't give up. Don't just keep walking forward. Uh, even if you lose your job, that you can continue to keep walking forward. And you kind of underline this point uh, in the article by talking about all the people in fact every person that's become a major success in their life without question has had major problems in their past has had some major failure or screw up in their past that they had to conquer and i think that's worth concentrating on for just a moment anyway um, about uh, you know the struggles that everyone has to go through and not letting it take you out can you kind of concentrate on that point for a moment
1: yeah i mean i think that you know pretty much everyone uh, not not everybody that's been successful hasn't had problems uh, uh, but a lot of people become successful successful, uh, you know, uh, you know, by overcoming problems and, you know, and they use that, they use that success kind of to power them forward. I mean, one, one analogy I'd like to think of is, you know, when something bad happens to you, you have kind of two choices, one of them, uh, or if you make a mistake, one of them is to get sad and to cower up and to go away and to give up. And the other is to use that problem as like a rocket fuel to empower you to, you know, take action and, uh, You know, improve and not make the same mistake again. And I think the rocket fuel analogy is is really something that uh, you know that you should remember. Um, You know, people want you to give up, and they want you to feel bad, and they want you to go away and be in a corner, and they want to take they want to take the wind out of your sails. But if you allow people to take the wind out of your sails, you're never going to you know, become the person you can be. You just you can't allow that to happen.
0: And so often we see people that are kind of trudging through life. Um, and we, Maybe we see this in coworkers or even uh, some of the professionals that we hire, They're clearly the passion is gone. You can see it in their eyes, that they're just kind of uh, put, going through the motions uh, and not really bringing their all to it. Uh, can you talk a little bit about that, about uh, how often you've seen it and uh, what the causes are and maybe what the cure is?
1: Sure. I mean, the causes, uh, you know, in, in, in every business will, uh, you know, I mean, not every business, but but most businesses and law firms are businesses, you know, uh, you know, rely on, uh, you know, people competing and trying to get ahead. And so, you know, law firms are, are businesses and, and they will, you know, instill that type of competition. And, and you know, the, the more, the, the larger the city and the larger the firm, the typically the more competition will be. So, you know, I think what will happen is people will, you know, get a sense of hopelessness. Then this hopelessness is that, you know, they can't, there's no way for them to advance or no matter what they do, nothing's going to change. And they're, you know, they're, uh, you know, um, they're hostage to, you know their work environment, or their their hot, you know, they, you know and all these types of things, and so it just it kind of makes them feel, you know, worthless and like they're not. There's nothing significant about them, and that they're they're, they're not important, and and that sort of thing. So I think I think that's one of the things that happens. Um, and then the other thing I think that happens uh, a lot of times is, you know, people just have unrealistic expectations, and that's kind of the big one. And then they realize at some point where you know those expectations aren't going to be met and that's that's very very common i mean you know especially among attorneys you know they they believe that you know people should be treating them a certain way and 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 they should be advancing. And then they realize that the game's actually much harder than it is.
0: Yeah, I think if people get into the career expecting that um, they're going to solve all their problems with with the money and status that may come with a successful legal career, you're probably in it for the wrong reason. (laughs) Uh, and, And even if you do chase those things, which can be admirable, can power you to a lot of things. You're going to find out at the other end of that if you do finally achieve that um, success and money, is that it doesn't really fill you up, does it? Um, You're still kind of left with the same kind of hole in the center of you that you started with, and that's where people really bottom out, I think. Once they really start to get paid, really start to get money, and they're still miserable, and I I think people have to kind of prepare themselves for that. That money and status is not going to be a cure all.
1: Yeah, and I think that you know, I mean, there's different, you know, different societies have different things, and you know, and that's kind of the message that people get that money and status is what's important, at least in this society. And, and you know, most societies that rely on capitalism, I mean, that's that's one of the big messages. And then it's definitely uh, not a cure-all. I mean, I, you know, it's, and, you know, it's sad. I mean, it's sad that people use that because it's not, it's nothing that will fulfill you. I mean, if you, do, if you do get something and you, you know, you get a title or you get a, a, a certain amount of money or material, you know, or Buy something. I mean, you know the right after you, you know, you maybe may make you happy for a short period of time, but that's it. You know, the difference between someone that you know makes two hundred thousand dollars a year and two million dollars a year, there's no difference in happiness. And I, there's there's something I don't know what the the baseline of money is to make someone happy, but I think in the current economy, they're saying maybe the difference between someone that makes eighty thousand and you know two hundred thousand, there's really no difference. I mean, once you reach a certain level you know, you're going to be the same level of happiness. And so it's just, you know, it doesn't really do anything for
0: you. So how does someone concentrate or keep their mind focused if they are in a very stressful situation at their firm? Um, There's a lot of people maybe kind of messing with them. They feel like they're getting messed with uh, and they're kind of losing confidence or losing track of what is important. What what kind of guidelines or advice would you give folks that are kind of in in the midst of this kind of maelstrom? It's always so much easier to see it on the outside. I think we've all been through it at one point or another in our career. But for those that are right in the middle of it right now, what, what advice would you give them to try? and uh, find uh, magnetic north, as it were.
1: Well, and one thing I wanted to bring up too that you that you just, you mentioned, I thought that was interesting is you talked about, you know, people making money and so forth, their, their main value and, and material goods. And, and one thing I think is that a lot of times people, you know, it's depending on how they're raised, you know, if they have really good parents, a lot of times their parents will instill in them a sense of self-confidence and that they're okay and they don't need to do this and they don't need to do that in order to be happy. And uh, and I think a lot of times that's missing, and uh, you know, and some people, and I think a lot of people that become attorneys, you know, they'll talk about how they had a bad childhood or whatever, you know, and um, and, and 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 so they will seek, uh, you know, that sort of thing as well. But I think you know, in terms of you know what you need to do, uh, you know, that people will have, you know, if you don't have a very strong sense of self. Uh, you know, and, and a strong sense of self means knowing who you are. And and I think a lot of times you get that from parents. Uh, you know, people that have a very strong sense of self can kind of cope very, you know, cope with this stuff coming at them. And, you know, if people are playing games with them, it doesn't even affect them. Uh, you know, a lot of really, you know, uh, successful politicians have very strong sense of self. And it may not come from their parents. It may just be internal. But, you know, the sense of self is important. So you, d- you definitely need to have coping mechanisms to give yourself perspective and to step outside of yourself. And so, you know, one of the things people talk about is they're like, you know, meditation's really important or hobbies are important or, you know, having friends are important. Or, you know, uh, you know, social groups are important, or, you know, exercise is important or reading's important. I mean, everybody has their own way of dealing with things. And, you know, it, it and 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 you need to, you know, go to a place where uh you know you can You can cope. You need coping mechanisms for for all these things that happen to you. And I think a lot of times, you know, some of the most successful attorneys I know, um, it's very interesting to me. Like, what they never, you know, like you think of the most successful attorneys as just working and working and working all the time. But a lot of them are people that are are able to set limits. Like they and two that I can think of, two of the most successful attorneys I know. I mean, one came out of a very you know regimented uh, you know religious background. You know where they. You know, but at the same time, you know, they, anytime things got very stressful, you know, they'd go swimming, they'd swim for, you know, you know, an hour in a lap pool and they would do that, you know, or the, you know, and they did that regularly and then, you know, went back and relied on their know, religious background or they, another one I'm thinking of, you know, had a similar, you know, used exercise. So it's just, you need to have coping mechanisms and ways to step away from all this, the stress and people kind of coming at you and. You need to be able to get out of your head and to a place where you're not thinking about this stuff because typically when you walk away from you know problems or in the stress and the and the things that are happening to you and you're able to get perspective you come back and you realize that it's not really as serious as
0: it seems to you. I really want to underline that point about the necessity of having good coping skills, having um, a community or hobbies that you can uh, fall back on. I wish somebody had told me that in my 20s um, when I was just sure everything was about career. I, I was 130% into my career and everything else could go to hell. You know what I mean? This And that meant everything in terms of personal relationships, having anything outside uh, of job it just didn't exist. And what you found is as time went on is that you just don't have that superstructure to kind of allow you to withstand um, problems going forward or any kind of stress going forward. You really do need to think of it as kind of a, a support structure around you to be able to deal when hard times come. Like if you come into a really stressful part of your job where people are screwing with you all the time, if you don't have that kind of superstructure to support you, you're just going to kind of collapse like a like an old building.
1: Absolutely. And I think you also need to understand, um, you know, another thing, in addition to the support structure, I think it's important that you, um, you know, you're able to, you know, kind of learn the rules. And so, you know, so a lot of times, some of the biggest mistakes that I've made in my life have been uh, where I didn't understand how things worked, like from a business standpoint, I may not have understood certain rules, and I made just huge mistakes, or, um, you know, the right, the right way to handle a problem. And, you know, so when you understand the right way to do things and the right way to handle problems, you do much better than, you know, if you don't, I mean, you just, you need to get information. So talking to other people is helpful in terms of getting information. That's why peer groups are a really big deal or, you know, reading is a big deal. Um, you know, I think in-person Interaction is really the best, but it kind of depends.
0: I want to talk a little bit about uh, understanding why you might be getting messed with because the truth of the matter is, is that, as you mentioned, it's a highly competitive atmosphere out there, especially uh, in the legal career. And uh, if you're getting messed with, it probably means you're doing something right or at least you're posing a threat to somebody out there uh, and they're either trying to test your mettle or to try and knock you off their game so they can take your position. Uh, do you think there's some truth in that? That um, if you are experiencing a lot of this, it's probably because you, you might have some actual talent there?
1: Absolutely. I mean, people don't mess with people that um, that aren't, um, you know, doing a, a good job. I mean, they're not or, or don't seem like a threat. I mean, one of the things though that one of the biggest mistakes that amateurs make when they're competing is drawing attention to themselves, and uh, you know, and, and, and most of the most successful people that I've known, you know, I mean, you know, if you're in the media and all this kind of stuff, that's a different thing, but. A lot of the very successful people are very low key, like they don't want to attract attention because they know if they attract attention, they're going to attract envy and they're going to attract lawsuits or they're going to attract, you know, people that are coming to get them. I mean, the best way to, you know, to, to succeed a lot of times is not attracting attention. But if you, you know, if you are, you know, people are coming to, coming after you or, or playing games with you, you know, then, you know, it's, it is a good sign.
0: Can we talk about some of the negative thought patterns that people can fall into, um, thought patterns that ultimately might, um, might end their careers? I'm thinking here of like thinking that, um, you know, these hours are too much. I can't do this anymore. Um, it's too hard to drum up new business. Everyone I'm working with is my enemy, et cetera, et cetera. It's these sorts of thought patterns, I think, that are more detrimental than any other stressor that's out there. It's internal uh, and the way that you think that can kind of take you out. Do you agree with that assessment? And I wonder to what advice you would give folks to try and and combat those kind of negative thought patterns.
1: Yeah. I mean, like some of the big things that I see are, are, you know, people uh, believe it's too difficult to find a job. So they... uh, you know, they kind of give up their job search and, you know, look for other things that don't involve the practice of law. I mean, I, I see that all the time. And it it's just, you know, it's unfortunate because, uh, you know, people, a lot. there's a lot of people out there that can be very successful practicing law, but they just don't do the correct job searches. So they don't learn enough about how to do a job search or they don't use all the resources that are out there. They have just, they have these, you know, these, you know, beliefs, you know, like, you, you can't apply to too many jobs is, is one of the big ones, like which is just insane because the, obviously the more jobs you apply to, the the more places you'll have options you'll have to get a job, you know, but people will just have all these beliefs, you know, and and those will hold them back. So if, you know, if you're having a difficult time getting a job, it could just be that there's not a lot of jobs in your practice area. It could be you're in the wrong market. It could be all these different things and you need to think, you know, and, and you need to learn about how to get a job and, and what to do. So that's a big one. Another one is, You know, uh, you know that um, the hours are too long. I mean, the hours are only too long when you're in major markets, and the hours only matter and are a really bad thing when you don't like what you're doing or the people you're working with or the environment you're in. I mean, hours can actually be fun depending on where you're at. Um, You know, so I mean, that's one thing. I mean, clients are another. Uh, People believe it's impossible to get clients, but you know, it's it's actually very easy to get clients if you have. Uh, you know, if you're, you know, in a very niche practice area, or you're, uh, you learn the rules about how to do that. Um, there's plenty of ways to learn how to get clients. I mean, just by reading books about it, you can. But there's also, you know, groups where you can learn to do that. Uh, you know, a lot of people believe that everyone's their enemy. You know, but everyone has enemies. So I mean, those are just some of the, you know the, you know, things that I see in mean, the major ones.
0: Yeah. And just to concentrate on that point of um, internal struggle, internal thought patterns, uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about, uh, it's become so much obvious, I think, as you get older, uh, you and I are a little bit older, a little bit more seasoned. Um, and you just don't lie to yourself as much as you did when you were in t- your 20s. At least I think if you're developing he- in a healthful, healthful way, um, you- you'll be more honest with yourself about your skills and capabilities and also your weaknesses and failings. But in your 20s, there is a lot of self-deception going on isn't there a lot of delusions about what you think you are or what you think you're capable of and part of it is because you just haven't really found that out yet but i wonder if you could uh, talk a little bit about that about um kind of uh, being honest with yourself about what kind of lawyer you can be where you're going to be able to succeed rather than wanting to be something that maybe you aren't and that ultimately is going to kind of make you miserable right
1: yeah i mean you have to you know a lot of times people with uh you know, will, will want to be something that they're not, or they're uncomfortable with. I mean, there's, you know, like people, there's plenty of people, for example, that went to Yale Law School that become matrimony attorneys. And, you know, everyone, a lot of people assume that matrimonial laws for people that didn't go to the greatest law schools. I mean, you know, but the people that are matrimonial attorneys and went to Yale Law School, I mean, they really enjoy doing it. Some of them are very famous, but, you know, you, you just can't deceive yourself. I mean, And all these beliefs about what you should be or what other people are telling you should be are really, you know, you're that, you know, when you do that, I mean, what you're doing is you're making other people's opinions more important than your own happiness. And I think I think what you said is right about people do that a lot in their 20s and even their 30s. I mean, they think, you know, what will other people think of me if I. You know, if I have this title, or if I, you know, if I
0: live in this area, or I drive this kind of car. If I all the time, I've wasted Harrison on what other people think. You know, you get to a certain point, and you realize what what a complete waste of time all that was. Who cares what everyone else thinks? Just try to make yourself happy. You know.
1: Exactly. And most people just care about what they think. I mean, they don't care about what other people think. You know, they don't. I mean, they don't. They're not. They're not worried about you. They're worried about themselves.
0: Yeah. Exactly. Um, can we talk a little bit about developing your own business and the kind of people that you've surrounded yourself? With at the the recruiting firm, Um, I I noticed that you you write about this about how important it was for you to find self motivated people. Uh, Can you? It's it's something a term that you hear thrown around a lot, but. I'd like to hear your kind of uh, interpretation of that, or, or definition of what a self-motivated person is, and why that is so important for you know someone for you know as a as a business owner to hire a person like that, or indeed to be a person like that to succeed in your career. What is a self-motivated person? Well,
1: I think a self-motivated person. There's a lot of things that make someone self-motivated, uh, but I think one thing about being self-motivated is, uh, you know, is that you don't you know, your motivation comes from within. So you're, you're not you're really, you're not motivated for, you know, you're motivated for money. I think as people can be motivated for money. And I think everybody um, is, but I think that, uh, you know, a lot of people don't need micromanagement. They don't, you know, they don't need reviews and they don't need, they don't need all these things to know how, how well they're doing things. They, they, you know, that comes from within and, you know, in terms of the most self-motivated people I've seen, I mean, there's different types of self-motivation, but I mean, the the types of people that seem like they're motivated and, and stick with something. So they're, you know, they're, they're people that uh, they typically have done very well in college and I don't know why, um, but they typically just do exceptionally well in college, like get these incredible, you know, almost all A's for some reason. And um, and I think college is a time where it shows like right away how, motiv- how motivated you are internally because- uh, no one, you, you know, your parents aren't around and and, um, and there's not the kind of competition there is in law school uh, with people. Uh, people are just kind of taking their own classes and doing their own thing. So I, I think college is a big deal. Uh, I think that, uh, you know, the ability not to care what others think um, in terms of self-motivation is a big deal. Uh, you know, the typical person that, uh, is a, that we hire as recruiters will you know, be uh, someone that's currently working in a major law firm and typically have gone to a really good law school, but, and they have very good personalities. And there's just things about their personality that I sense and see when I talk to them that, that make it seem more like they would be more suited to recruiting than, uh, than practicing law. Um, and that it's, it's just, they're just a little bit too friendly, I guess is one way to put it. And then if you ask them about if they'd ever be interested in this, you know, they immediately pipe up and, and and say, "Yeah, they think they would be," um, even though they've been talking about you know working in another firm for one reason or another. But there's usually some sort of unhappiness that they have. So th- those are some of the things that I see. But I think I think being self motivated just means you know that your power you, that you believe that your power is going to come from you and not from others, meaning that you know you're not going to rely on groups or anybody to. Um, to make you the person you can be, you you have an internal belief that you can be successful no matter where you are or what what you're doing.
0: And also, uh, for the people that I've encountered that want to kind of get in, get rich and get out, those sorts of people aren't kind of built for the long term, I don't think, because they're kind of fooling themselves. It's not how life works. And also, getting out isn't as great as it sounds. You know (laughs) I mean? Being, you know, rich and and have nothing to do all day long is probably going to kill you quicker than just about anything else. Um, I don't think... I. I'm ever going to retire. I love what I do. Um, I, I've tried to explain to my more blue blue collar family that po- principle who've done jobs for thirty or forty years that they hate, and I can't wait to retire. But uh, for me, I, I don't think I'm ever going to retire. Um, and I think for uh, maybe young attorneys, they should consider the fact that if they really love what they're doing, they're, they're, they should be prepared to do it for for the rest of their lives.
1: Yeah, and I think most uh, you know people that commit to professions. I mean, that's. That's how they, they think. I mean, and I, you know, what uh, we have, you know, several, you know, a couple of recruiters in our company that have, you know, done this well into their 70s and never retired. So it's it's definitely something you can do forever. I mean, this particular job.
0: So just in closing, um, don't let others kill your dreams or your spirit, even if you're getting messed with right now. Understand what's happening, that it is a game that's underway that you're in the midst of uh, and that you just need to kind of have that um that sense of self to know which way to walk forward. Is that a good way to wrap things up? Yeah, I agree. Okay, thanks for making time for us today, Harrison. Yeah, thank you. That's all the time we have for this edition of the show. To learn more, go to HarrisonBarns.com.